0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. My deepest sympathy for all those that are suffering in Turkey and in Syria and for that matter all over the world January 30th, 2023, from voiceofamericannews.com. U.S. issues another warning of possible terrorist attacks in Turkey. February 3rd, 2023, from the gazette.com, a Pulitzer Prize winning institution. Turkey says Western states gave it no evidence to back up security threat reports. Now let's cover a few new headline reports that have occurred over the last seven days. First, this, from the UK Guardian, last Sunday, February 5th, this headline, Turkey's two-faced sultan is no friend of the West. It's time to play hardball. End of headline. From the report, the Turkish president's increasingly hostile stance toward NATO and democratic principles can no longer go unpunished. In quote, from the UK Guardian article last Sunday, February 5th. Next, on Monday, February 6th, from CNBC, two massive earthquakes rock Turkey and Syria. From the New York Times, later this week, death toll in Turkey and Syria from earthquakes may reach 25,000. Let's Rewind for a moment to an interesting headline and science report from MIT Technology Review. That's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Atmosphere above Japan heated rapidly before M9 earthquake. From that MIT report, infrared emissions above the epicenter increased dramatically in the days before the devastating earthquake in Japan, say scientists. Next, word for word from the MIT report, quote, geologists have long puzzled over reports of strange atmospheric phenomenon in the days before big earthquakes, end quote. They just don't know what could possibly create the atmospheric heating infrared emissions directly above the epicenter for days prior to catastrophic earthquakes, including the Japanese earthquake of 2011. They, the scientists, say that before the M9 earthquake in Japan, the total electron content of the ionosphere increased dramatically, directly over the epicenter. Let's rewind a bit further, January 5th, 2010, from the EastAsiaForum.com. This headline, A New Start for Japan-China Relations. Question, how did the Western Empire controllers feel about these new ties that were beginning to form between Japan and China in 2010. You decide. Now this, a 2015 science report from Physicstoday.org titled "HARP," the acronym H-A-A-R-P, the most powerful ionosphere heater on Earth. Question, do all these pieces fit together? You decide. Are there other... Parallel examples to the scenarios just outlined. Short answer, yes. Next, from multiple sources, death toll rises as cold grips earthquake-torn Turkey and Syria. From that report, low temperatures in quake-impacted areas will continue to take a toll on the tens of thousands who have been left homeless. And from AccuWeather, this. Secondary disaster looms as U.N. aid finally reaches survivors battling frozen conditions in Syria and Turkey. Next question, are the climate engineers busy in the Middle East? Again, I'll leave that up to the listener to investigate and decide. Please check the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Moving on, from the other side of the world, a harbinger headline For all of us to consider Dead fish, dead cows And dead crops in Argentina That's from gizmodo.com The report states In addition to high temperatures The country is in the middle of a punishing drought Sounds a lot like California In every recent summer And 2023 will almost certainly be The most punishing yet The entire planet is facing the same fate At varying levels And at varying speeds But all is accelerating by the day. Another example headline from South America that the U.S. Matrix Media has done their best not to mention, at least not on any TV Matrix Media sources, from Reuters.com. At least 23 dead as dozens of wildfires torch forests in Chile. The report states weather conditions have made it very difficult to put out the fires that are spreading Rapidly, And the emergency is getting worse. That's from the Chilean Interior Minister, who told this to reporters at a news conference at the Capitol in Santiago. And here's an updated headline from this week on the situation in Chile. This is from multiple sources. Chile battles deadliest wildfires on record as heat wave grips country. Again, this sounds a lot like California and most of the U.S. West now every year and over a longer and longer period of the year. And in between, what we are told is winter. Engineered winter weather whiplash cool-downs, often followed by record warm-ups. The pendulum swings back and forth as the climate engineers play weather whack-a-mole. From the TheAtlantic.com, this, fighting climate change was costly, now it's profitable, so they say. End of the headline. From that report, they then say this, Just how far can this climate momentum take us? Question mark. Yes, we definitely have momentum, the kind that occurs after you crash through the guardrail and are free-falling to the bottom of the canyon. The Atlantic.com article continues, quote, It's a good time to be in the decarbonization business in the United States. The Inflation Reduction Act, with its $374 billion cornucopia of green incentives subsidies, and grants. Let's translate that. $374 in central bank fiat currency helicopter dropped to corporations that are willing to pretend that so-called green energy is real and that it's going to save us all from ourselves. Even if we have to force every single child laborer in third world countries to dig up the landscape with their bare hands in search of the last remaining rare earth elements needed, for the so-called green energy cars that are all too often charged up with electricity produced in coal, gas, or nuclear facilities. That's how it works. Print endless funds from nothing and keep the wheels of the military-industrial complex turning until the moment of impact, which now draws perilously near. On the same theme from Bloomberg.com, 100,000 green jobs announced since U.S. adopted climate law study finds, again referring to the Inflation Reduction Act. They say since the Inflation Reduction Act became law, companies have said they'll create jobs in wind and solar energy, EV, i.e. electric vehicle manufacturing, and other, quote, clean energy sectors, according to the group Climate Power. Yes, again, when you print $374 billion from thin air, you can pretend you're creating sustainable so-called green energy jobs in so-called green energy which it actually isn't. And above it all, climate engineering rages on, blocking the sun, thus radically reducing solar power output and reducing atmospheric convection, which reduces wind, which in turn reduces wind power production. And then there's hydropower losses to consider, big losses, thanks to climate engineering completely derailing the hydrological cycle, i.e. rainfall patterns. And the so-called environmentalist Pretend they can't see climate engineering, that it isn't there, above our heads, almost every single day. And does all this mean that I'm a fan of carbon fuels? No, it doesn't mean that. Both are dead end roads, a fact that should be painfully obvious to anyone that doesn't have their eyes wide shut. For those who rightfully recognize that the past wars over energy and remaining resources were brutal, What's coming will completely eclipse all of it. A Mad Max future is already unfolding. For those that haven't yet realized it, the entire construct of militarized, industrialized, so-called civilization is and always has been a Ponzi scheme. A house of cards that's now perilously close to total collapse. The entire scam was always completely dependent on a functional environment that now isn't. Game over. From insolvent retirement funds to collapsed banking institutions, the party's about to get started. None of it will seem real until it is. Here's more insanity. This one is truly stunning. Researchers want to launch dust from the moon to cool Earth. That new headline of make-it-up-as-you-go idiocy is from the Washington Post. From NewScientists.com, same theme. Huge dust cloud launched from Earth's moon could ease global warming. So they say, Science Daily, again, same theme, geoengineering to cool Earth, space dust as Earth's sun shield, end of headline. That report states, dust launched from the moon's surface or from a space station positioned between Earth and the sun could reduce enough solar radiation to mitigate the impacts of climate change. They continue, launching lunar dust from the moon could be a cheap and effective way to shade Earth. The so-called scientists behind this report then state, quote, it's amazing to contemplate how moon dust, which took over four billion years to generate, might help slow the rise in Earth's temperature, a problem that took us less than three hundred years to produce, end quote. So said Scott Kenyon, co-author of the study from the Center for Astrophysics at Harvard and Smithsonian. The so-called scientist in question then continue with this. Quote, we aren't experts in climate change or rocket science that would be needed to move mass from one place to another, a.k.a. from the surface of the moon to Earth orbit. But then he says, we're just exploring different kinds of dust on a variety of orbits to see how effective this approach might be. So there you have it. Another so-called science report that comes to completely ludicrous conclusions with make it up as they go science fiction fantasy, this, quote, let's cool the Earth with moon dust, In quote, idiocy belongs in the same file with using space mirrors to cool Earth, or Brazil-sized balloons to be launched into space in order to block the sun, or covering the North and South Pole regions with reflective blankets. The list goes on and on. All of it from the so-called science community and in the meantime pay no attention to the endless parade of geoengineering jet aircraft spewing highly toxic sun blocking filth into our skies under the guise of so-called solar radiation management welcome to the asylum this is dane Wigington with GeoengineeringWatch.org. you're listening to the weekly installment of global alert news the end of the world as we know it broadcast commercial free non-political and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face Moving on, more puzzle pieces. So what exactly is in the mix that's being sprayed into our skies? Lab tests have consistently revealed aluminum, strontium, barium, manganese, surfactants, graphene, polymer fibers, and more. And about those polymer fibers, a.k.a. microplastics, consider this latest alarm red flag headline from phys.org. Sounding the Alarm on Microplastic Pollution. These are ongoing reports, more and more having to admit to the truth, not because they're invested in telling it, but because they can no longer hide it. The report states, more new research has found microplastics in lungs and blood. Other studies have found microplastics in hair samples and fingernail clippings. The report then states, quote, what we don't yet fully understand is what it's doing to us, end quote. The scientists who authored this report named every imaginable source of polymer pollution except one, the one that they are not allowed to even mention climate intervention operations. For the record, again, as mentioned in my last broadcast, polymer fibers are named as an element in climate engineering patents and by the world's most recognized climate engineers. So when you take your next deep breath while roaming around the great outdoors, Try not to think about the invisible small particles you're inhaling with every breath you take. According to recent science studies, as many as 20 million nanoparticles in a single breath, particles that have now been proven to contain PFAS forever chemicals found everywhere on planet Earth, including in every single drop of rain from the North Pole to the South Pole and everywhere in between. And about all that I've just covered, please don't believe me, but... Do take the time to investigate for yourself. That's the very purpose of this broadcast, to try to inspire actual investigation, to look past the matrix media constant stream of distract, deceive, and divide propaganda. Moving on, here's a not-so-pleasant footnote about aluminum and organic oat crops, a globally recognized agricultural institution that is working directly with geoengineeringwatch.org informed us this week that their testing of organic oat crops have revealed that the aluminum content is actually far higher than some of the essential nutrients in the oats themselves. Though this fact is of course, extremely disturbing. It's far from surprising. The bioavailable nanoparticles are now permeating every living thing, including us and our food. It can't be otherwise. Nature doesn't create such lethal elements. Only man does. Next puzzle piece, new from Reuters.com. Huge chunk of plants and animals in the U.S. are at risk of extinction. February 6, Reuters. A leading conservation research group found that 40% of animals and 34% of plants in the United States are at risk of extinction, while 41% of ecosystems are facing collapse. If only that report was true. But in reality... What's unfolding at blinding speed is far worse. 200 to 300 species of plants, animals, and insects are being lost to extinction every single day. This is 15,000 times the background rate of extinction, a million and a half percent of what would be considered, quote, normal. Translation, everything on planet Earth is now at risk of near-term extinction, including us. Every single day, I'm forced to bear witness to the dying forests of Northern California. It's happening all over the West, indeed all over the world, though some regions aren't as bad as others, at least not yet. The trajectory is, however, clear and undeniable. A quick flashback reminder of this recent UK Guardian report that attempts to sound the alarm on a factor that should be self-evident to every single human being that's capable of conscious thought. If the trees die, we die. Here's the headline. Prevent tree extinctions or face global ecological catastrophe, scientists warn. From that report, a new science study issues a, quote, warning to humanity as it calls for urgent action to protect world's 60,000 tree species. The report states 17,500 tree species, about a third of the world's 60,000 tree species, are at risk of extinction. The extinction of a single tree species can significantly alter an ecosystem, causing a domino effect in its ability to function, a.k.a. cascading co-extinction. That's the scientific term for this scenario that's not just coming, but well into its advanced stages. Now, today, search this report title, Geoengineering Watch and the Dying of the Trees. Consider that I did this report seven years ago. Though I've been desperately trying to warn about the dying of the trees for well over 20 years. Why is the so-called science community just beginning to admit to the truth? Because the truth is now so dire, they can no longer hide it. But at least according to Matrix Media, California is doing so much better now that the drought is all but over. And the reservoirs, they tell us, are full. Right? Right? What a colossal lie that narrative is. Here's a recent headline example from the Reading Record Searchlight, a publication that has done their absolute best to aggressively deny climate engineering realities over many years. Here's the headline. Drenched by higher than normal rain, Lake Shasta water level rises 60 feet during January. Sounds like everything's fine and getting better, doesn't it? Here's the real story. Lake Shasta, the largest reservoir in the state of California, is still almost half empty at 58% of capacity this week. Lake Trinity at a whopping 32% of its capacity, less than a third full. The totally sensationalized California rainpocalypse was, in so many ways, engineered theater, just as GeoengineeringWatch.org said it was while it unfolded. Atmospheric flows of moisture were manipulated into specific regions of the state, where the flood images were captured and a few small reservoirs were filled. Meanwhile, the rain on some of the most critically important regions, like the headwaters for Lake Shasta, were average at best. And even then, only for a short window of time, the climate engineers then promptly shut down the rain, just as they have done for the majority of the last 16 years. Since 2007, the constant atmospheric spraying of toxic desiccant particles has sped up the drying of the already dead and dying forest foliage. Every fir tree in western U.S. forests is dying or already dead. Search this term. Covered this in a previous broadcast. Firmageddon for a recent science study addressing the apocalyptic die-off of the foundational tree for the forest's in the western US. And when the so-called experts try to blame it all on the beetles, ask them to start telling the truth, to look up. Climate engineering is completely disrupting the global hydrological cycle while simultaneously contaminating every single drop of rain, which then kills soil microbial life and root systems, aka dead trees. And let's not forget the ongoing destruction of the ozone layer, which fries foliage with extreme UV radiation. Again, Climate engineering, atmospheric spraying, and associated microwave frequency transmissions are core to that equation, the ozone destruction equation. So back to the headline that started me on this rant. Prevent tree extinctions or face global ecological catastrophe, scientists warn. Summary. No trees, no people. No insects, no people. No plankton, no people. Dead oceans, no people. No functional habitat, no people. All of it is unfolding at once, and none of it bodes well for the fate of the human race. Moving on. Next headline. Biden calls global warming bigger threat to humanity than nuclear war during New York City speech. This report was this week from the New York Post. That was a big statement from Biden, given the fact that there are currently believed to be approximately 12,700 nuclear warheads in the world. That's according to the Federation of American Scientists. The New York Post report then provides us this reassurance, quote, Some scientists say global warming is linked to more severe weather events such as hurricanes, but there are no near-term projections that the world will become totally uninhabitable, In quote. How incredibly reassuring. Not, quote, totally uninhabitable. What does that mean exactly, that some tiny remnant of life might be able to hang on in a deep, dark hole in the ground somewhere? Perhaps like the dumbs, the deep underground military bases where the predator class is certainly planning on retreating to soon? Let's stop there for a moment. First, about the collapse of the climate system, it's not some so-called scientist trying to sound the alarm. It's 97% of them, and 99.9% of science studies the same. We're trashing our planet at blinding speed. That fact is well beyond any rational debate. But what biggest of all piece of the puzzle is the entire so-called climate science community completely omitting? Because their paychecks and pensions and research grants depend on them omitting it. Climate engineering operations, which are radically fueling the nonlinear decimation already being caused by countless other forms of ecologically devastating human activities. Here's a reminder of a few examples that I'm going to continue to try to point out. Consuming and burning over 100 million barrels of hydrocarbon fuel every single day. Take a moment to think about that figure. 100 million barrels a day the cutting down, burning, and otherwise contaminating and killing off of virtually all of Earth's forests, the poisoning of the planet's oceans and ecosystems from too many sources to even begin to cover. So, could Biden actually be correct? Could unfolding climate collapse be as bad or worse than nuclear war? When climate intervention operations are considered and added to the equation, along with all the related ramifications from the ongoing and accelerating atmospheric spraying and microwaving of the atmosphere to manipulate these sprayed particles. The short answer is yes. We do face extremely near-term climate and biosphere threats that rival those posed by nuclear annihilation. Again, with climate intervention operations being a core part of this equation. The even worse truth is that we face all of these threats at once, converging catastrophes closing in from every imaginable direction. A reminder that individuals within the ranks of the U.S. government have openly discussed using nuclear weapons for the stated purpose of creating a nuclear winter scenario, their idea of cooling the planet. Take a moment to think about that. And even now, how many still blindly believe that the U.S. government is doing everything they can to protect what's left of the planet's life-giving atmosphere and environments? From France24.com and many other sources, a story that almost all the mainstream matrix media is trying to avoid altogether. White House rejects report that U.S. was behind Nord Stream pipeline sabotage. Report states on Wednesday, the White House flatly rejected a new report by veteran investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch that the U.S. was behind the sabotage of the Nord Stream gas pipelines last year. Well, there you have it. Nothing to see here, because we can all rest assured that our government would never lie to us. Thankfully, finally, many are beginning to wake up and realize that that's all our government does, is lie to us. The terrorist attack on the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines resulted in the single largest spill of methane gas in human history, releasing the equivalent of 14.6 million tons of CO2, creating a catastrophic climate impact. For the record, methane is 120 times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2 over a 10-year time horizon. A final note, as expected, the attack contributed to a spike in energy prices throughout Europe and the entire world. So who carried out this environmentally devastating terrorist attack? You decide. Thank you, Seymour Hersh. Let's rewind for a moment to recall the global ecological catastrophe of the nearly 700 Kuwait oil wells that were set ablaze in the first Gulf War. Was that horrific crime really from Saddam Hussein behaving badly? In fact, no. U.S. Special Forces soldiers have long since admitted to igniting the wells and, in doing so, creating this environmental catastrophe. Why? Not a hard question to answer. To provide the Western Empire, the premise it needed to move in its own oil-extracting corporations. Cancerous companies like Darth Cheney's Halliburton and Bechtel Power, a company that I once worked for. The global matrix money printers are running the asylum. Those that don't yet understand this aren't paying attention, to say the least. On every single subject of any importance or consequence, we're being lied to and let off the proverbial cliff. The flashing red warning signs are everywhere, and even now, the majority remain completely asleep at the wheel, mesmerized by the matrix theater of the absurd, and by a constant stream of scripted political dramas, along with every imaginable form of bread and circus. When and how will the tale of the human race come to a close? You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 392, February 11th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is... Broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas, north and south. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach, and thus our voice, in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. If you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities, now with over 1 million views on YouTube. The best way to share is by... Circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage, our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high-quality printed materials with shocking images. A picture is worth a thousand words, as the proverb goes. We now have Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our new Geoengineering Watch shirts, both very high-quality four-color images on both sides, the images of a military jet descending down over the planet and spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with this caption, Stop Climate Engineering, Investigate, and below, geoengineeringwatch.org. So they can find a source for the data. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering assault is absolutely imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out. We must awaken all those participating, all those who are being told they're doing something benevolent which couldn't be further from the truth and that includes our military brothers and sisters. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt, In some public setting of interest, please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Final note, if you know of any radio station that might be interested in airing the non-political, commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, have them contact us at geondrinkwatch.org. I'm often asked, how can the planet be warming when it's so incredibly cold? in some places, at least some of the time, in between record warmth, anyway. I'll get to some answers on this question, but first, some recent headline reports that are exactly what the climate engineers and their controllers seek to create. Here's one. Hot air. No global warming for eight years. That's according to junk science's Steve Malloy. Well, there you have it, because Steve Malloy says so. Steve Malloy That's an ExxonMobil shareholder, Steve Malloy, who previously worked as Director of External Policy and Strategy at Murray Energy Corporation, which claims to be the largest privately owned coal producer in the United States. Steve Malloy, who said the following on April 26, 2018, quote, I do have a bias. I'm all for the coal industry and the fossil fuel industry. Wealth is what makes people happy, not pristine air which you will never get, end quote. Question, was Malloy only referring to atmospheric particle pollution from coal or burning carbon fuels, or is there more? This individual is the epitome of a carbon fuel industry lobbyist. His resume in this arena is extensive. The same carbon fuel industry that's neck deep in backing the climate engineering onslaught and all the toxic engineered winter weather whiplash temporary cooldowns that climate engineering and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations create. The constant engineered cooldown zones radically alter temperature readings and thus the overall global statistics, and that's one of the objectives of geoengineering operations. Here's the bottom line. Anyone that's pushing any opinion or conclusion about the climate from any perspective that doesn't include the climate engineering factor and the completely engineered winter weather whiplash scenarios, first and foremost, isn't telling you the truth, period. Let's cover some of the headlines that the carbon fuel industry, the controllers, and the climate engineers are trying desperately to create. Mount Washington is cold as Mars, with record-breaking wind chills of 110 below. That's from the New York Post. From that report, Mount Washington saw air temperatures plummet to minus 46 degrees, with wind speeds averaging up to 125 miles per hour. It's the 125-mile-an-hour winds that managed to make this wind chill record come true for the climate engineers. And can they control wind speed? Yes, Absolutely. When you can manipulate atmospheric pressure zones, you can manipulate wind speeds. From the land down under, Australia. From ABC News Australia. Snow turns Australian Alps into winter wonderland in the middle of summer. From the context of the report, quote, The weather is a little bit unpredictable these days. You never know what's going to happen. But it's Mother Nature. You've just got to work with it. End quote. Exactly the kind of narrative we should expect from any official climate engineering cover-up entity, just nature. That's what makes climate engineering the crown jewel weapon of the controllers, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they're under assault. Another headline from ABC Australia, summer snow to bring lowest February temperatures in 18 years. Now, Two more headlines, also from ABC Australia, and these from the same day in the same country, just a bit to the north. Queensland weather pushes power grid to limit as the Bureau of Meteorology warns of ongoing heat wave. And this, also from ABC Australia, paramedics urge people to stay hydrated, look out for others as Queensland swelters through heat wave conditions. Cold and hot Same country, not far apart. These extremes aren't acts of nature. They're glaring red flags of climate intervention operations. Here's another example of an engineered winter weather headline from this week. Different part of the world. Snowstorms shut schools and shops and disrupt traffic in Athens. From that report, heavy snowfall and plummeting temperatures shut schools and shops in the Greek capital. Again, as I stated earlier in this broadcast, it's imperative for those who claim to be in the fight to expose and halt climate engineering to acknowledge the engineered winter weather component of climate engineering. To omit this factor and to pretend that the chemical ice nucleation cloud sitting cooldowns are just acts of nature is, of course, harmful to the anti-geoengineering effort. So with all the freak snowstorms taking place in various parts of the world, The cryosphere, i.e. the polar ice, must be expanding rapidly, right? Not so much. Global sea ice is at all-time record low levels still and plunging further by the day. This is in spite of the fact that statistics on sea ice extent are being falsified to the upside to mask the true severity of meltdown. In fact, as I've stated in previous broadcasts, officially what's considered sea ice in the Arctic, is any section of Arctic Ocean that's 15% slush or more, isn't that still 85% ocean and that's considered sea ice? Of course, they can lie about any statistic they want, and they are. And about all the freak snowstorms, again, as I hope I've already made clear, welcome to Climate Engineering Engineered winter weather and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Check the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. This is why you have engineered winter storm after storm named the- theatrically by the Weather Channel that are coming out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. And to watch the climate engineering cover up actors at the Weather Channel attempt to explain this away. White snowing at far above normal temperatures, far above freezing temperatures, in fact, and how the rain turns over to snow, regardless of elevation. They tell us that there is a warm side to the, cold winter storm and a cold side. And we have many that are still pretending that these freak, flash, chemically engineered snowstorms are just nature. Couldn't be further from the truth. Here's the last example of an engineered winter headline this week from AccuWeather.com. Snowstorm forecast to bury portions of interior southeast this weekend. Again, with a moisture flow straight out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. On last week's broadcast, I stated that 80 to 100 feet of sea level rise was already baked into the equation, even if all forms of highly destructive human activity were to be halted immediately. And some have asked me if I misspoke or misstated the sea level rise scenario. Short answer, no. I didn't misspeak. I stated exactly what available data indicates. To carry this point further, if the human race remains in the current trajectory, it is certainly most likely that the entire cryosphere will melt off completely by the end of this century, if not far sooner, because of the feedback loops that are already triggered, which the world's largest scientific panel ever created on any subject in human history, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, 2,000 so-called scientists don't consider. They don't consider methane in the atmosphere. They don't consider any feedback loops, which means everything they say is false and far short of how dire our situation actually is. So if the entire cryosphere melts... When the entire cryosphere melts, again, all the Earth's ice deposits, that would put a total sea level rise somewhere in the range of 70 meters or about 230 feet. The complete collapse scenario, both with industrialized, militarized civilization and the biosphere as a whole and the climate, is as nonlinear as it could possibly be. For the record, global sea ice extent, again, is at record low levels at both poles, north and south, right now, today, and continuing to plunge. The same is true for sea ice mass, or volume, in spite of, and in many ways because of, overall climate intervention operations, including sea surface chemical ice nucleation operations and ocean fertilization operations being carried out by the clinically insane controllers If you want to see satellite images that reveal sea surface ice nucleation operations, search, What are the climate engineers doing in the Arctic? Astounding images and dead scientists at geoengineeringwatch.org. From yahoo.com, this week, this headline, It's everywhere. Sea level rises, surprising reach, damaging more than east coast shoreline. For those that insist... That they see no signs of sea level rise in their location. First, consider that the current rate of rise is not yet shockingly evident in all regions, but that will change. Next, consider that sea level rise, just like the tides, is not uniform. It varies. There are many factors in the equation. Same theme from thenation.com. Should we start preparing for the evacuation of Miami? Question mark. From that report, Miami is drowning. In a recent report from the Climate Think Tank Resources for the Future, they declared that Miami is the most vulnerable major coastal city in the world. Preparing for Miami's evacuation would help them immeasurably, the report states, just as important, it would force municipalities across the United States to get serious about hosting climate migrants. So, should we be gravely concerned about the already unfolding extreme sea level rise scenario? Again, answer, no. Not if the human race remains on the current course. No one will be here to see the completely altered shorelines all over the world. On the current course, our species and possibly, or rather probably, the entire web of life will have long since perished. Short of a complete course correction, it's unlikely that anyone will make the end of the decade, this decade, let alone the century, not opinion, Statistical trajectory, it's not just planetary meltdown from countless forms of human activity. It's not just climate intervention operation destroying what's left of our life-giving atmosphere and natural weather, along with total contamination of the entire planet. It's not just the collapse of aquatic and terrestrial ecosystems all over the world, but also the total meltdown of 440 nuclear power plant facilities all over the world. Fukushima and Chernobyl were just the beginning. Now add several hundred nuclear detonations or more. Add it all up. How clear can this picture be? Game over on the current course. Many times over. A.K.A. the final chapter of the human race and life on Earth. And I know how tired many are of hearing me cite such dire conclusions again and again. I'm completely exhausted with this entire battle myself. 20 years plus slogging in this trench. But the majority... In first world nations, especially with the U.S. at the top of the list, are still drowning in their own denial. Faces glued to iPhones or glued to the widescreen for the latest sports distraction or sailing off on a cruise ship to visit what's left of some island resort and then go snorkeling on a dead reef that's often little more than a pile of rubble with a few straggling fish around. And I've seen this firsthand. Last time I was in Cancun and Cozumel, That's all that was left. The reefs were completely devastated, and those visiting those reefs had no clue that what they were seeing was nothing compared to what once was. No idea whatsoever. Just like people now have no idea what a real cloud looks like often. No idea what a blue sky looks like. No idea what real weather is. We are truly in a dark place, and to all those that are trying desperately to awaken the kind of people that I just described, again, that are nose-deep in denial, that have absolutely no interest in hearing any information that in any way conflicts with their chosen beliefs, I truly know how frustrating such exchanges can be. But don't beat your head against an immovable wall. Plant the seed of awareness of information and move on. All those still clinging to their denial will be forced to face reality soon enough. Wait and see. So, about the last eight years on planet Earth, what does the World Meteorological Association say? The following headline from the World Meteorological Association, January 12, 2023, quote, past eight years confirmed to be the eight warmest on record. Now, let's put this into a larger context. As I covered in a recent broadcast, we have just passed the 46th consecutive year of above normal global temperatures. And that's even with the constantly engineered chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding surface cooldowns. And in spite of official high temperatures being constantly underreported, not overreported. I have no love for the climate engineering denying World Meteorological Association scientists or the so-called climate science community as a whole who continue to lie about and deny the reality of the ongoing climate engineering operations. But about the state of the planet, it isn't just warming. It's in a state of non-linear total meltdown. With climate engineering further fueling the fire, still don't believe it? Revisit this question at the end of summer 2023 in the northern hemisphere then see what you think and as mentioned earlier what's now increasingly the norm following the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding cool downs this week from the washington post northeast and new england experience record warm-up after record cold from that report northeast confronts weather whiplash whoever heard that term before with record warm-up after record cold Again, this is exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org said would happen, and it did. It can't not happen. In fact, the climate engineers are desperately trying to chemically nucleate anywhere and everywhere they have enough moisture to do so. And these winter weather whiplash scenarios will continue to worsen, will continue to become more absurd with every imaginable form of frozen material hitting the surface, forms that... Anyone who lived with real, natural, nucleated snow from decades now long past would recognize as being wrong. And certainly it's toxic. Our lab tests prove it. So what do the climate engineers have scheduled in the weeks to come? The following new headline is from ExtremeWeather.eu. A sudden stratospheric warming is coming, collapsing the polar vortex and potentially impacting the weather later in the month and in early spring. This is yet another form of engineering winter from warmth. Next headline, same theme, numerous sources, sudden stratospheric warming becoming likely could slip us back into winter. The report then states, the warm-up usually sends a cold blob of air eventually into the eastern half of the U.S. and the Great Lakes region. Question, why do the weathermakers want desperately to cool down the Great Lakes part of the country? Perhaps to crush headlines like this from Fox News in the Great Lakes region. Strong winds and near-record warmth on Thursday of this week. How warm? The 70s in some locations. And about the Great Lakes ice cover, it's at far below normal levels, in spite of the highly sensationalized record surface cold that was recently engineered over that region. Moving to the wider horizon in regard to the planet's melting ice deposits from Earth.org, this, ice melt is causing the Earth's crust to rebound. From that report, recent research has found that the magnitude of ice melt is causing the Earth's crust to move as a result of the weight lost. The Earth's crust is moving both vertically and horizontally as a result. This phenomenon, known as post-glacial crustal rebound, or a.k.a. glacial rebound, where land masses free of the huge weight of ice sheets are pushed back up by the viscoelastic mantle that underlies them. Been over this in recent broadcasts. The glacial rebound that's already occurring in land masses like Greenland. Those land masses are literally beginning to rise up out of the ocean, which is going to further displace sea level. In regard to sea-based ice, that doesn't affect sea level rise much that's why the rising oceans are progressing more slowly at the moment because the sea-based ice which is the buttress for the land-based ice for example in antarctica where the majority of the planet's ice deposits remain that that sea-based ice is disintegrating and that is beginning to allow the land-based ice to slide into the ocean and that's when everything goes exponential you have melt ponds occurring on the surface of the land-based ice deposits. And those ponds eventually drain through what's called a moulin. It's a, a a shaft down through the ice that leads to the bedrock. So this glacial lake eventually drains into one of these shafts, lubricates the glacier between the glacier and the bedrock, and accelerates the land-based ice sliding into the ocean. And this is, again, the trajectory that we are on that's now very close and very few realize the gravity of what's unfolding. And this is one of the factors that's driving the desperation of those in control because once they can't hide the fact that locations like Miami are already spending a billion dollars a year trying to keep their streets dry, once you can't hide that, and once sea level rise begins to truly go non-linear, changes the entire equation. The public realizes at that point that the party's over. And at that moment, it's truly over. Mass delusion completely implodes. And all that I've just outlined is only one factor that's unfolding, one of many. Environmental collapse across the board, crop contamination and collapse, forests, fisheries, all the components that have for a very brief geologic period allowed the human race to explode in numbers all over the world, decimating the web of life in the process. And for those that still believe more technology will save us from ourselves, please look up and ask yourself how well climate engineering has worked out so far and about the energy it takes to Keep the carbon fuel fiesta going. The vast majority, unfortunately, have no understanding of how unimaginably complex and energy intensive the entire matrix paradigm is. No understanding of how completely unsustainable it is and always has been. Cascading catastrophes on a dying planet and the dwindling resources scenarios that are radically increasing on all fronts. Scenarios that will soon enough make it impossible for anyone to help anyone else all will be occupied with their own day-to-day survival. The global predator class is preparing to go underground, but on the current trajectory, they won't be around for much longer than the rest of us. We can. We must beat them to the intersection. The entire paradigm must be altered. A complete course correction or all is lost. No one can know how powerful the planet's life support response might be If it was left alone, starting with stopping the climate engineering onslaught, the epitome of human insanity, the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face short of nuclear cataclysm, but by no means the only threat. I can't stress that enough. I hear from so many people who claim that I said that was our only problem. I've never said, even thought anything like that. We've been horrible stewards of our planet. Where would we start? We've trashed it in the geologic blink of an eye. And I know there are exceptions. I'm not speaking to everyone, but taken as a whole, I'm speaking of the human race, that so many, either actively or passively, are participating in what the power structure is carrying out. They couldn't do what they do without that cooperation of the vast majority. But no matter how dark the horizon, it's our task to try and turn the tide. The effort matters in and of itself. All of our efforts matter in ways that we can't yet fully know or even comprehend. More times than I can ever recall, I've longed to have some sort of break from the battle. To lay in the middle of a stand of trees that's still hanging on, still living. My sentient comrades in the forest for so many years to listen to the wind and whatever sounds of nature that may yet remain. But I remind myself that this is not the time. I remind myself that I'm in the final stretch of a critically important battle for all that matters, for all that I hold dear. All of us are in this battle. All of us have the same stake in this battle. Everything. I refrain from any sabbatical, from the front line of the fight, And I march on. My conscience won't let me do otherwise. Regardless of the outcome, if one presses on in the battle till the finish line is crossed, there's no room for regret. So long as we have exercised our only true possession, our will, in accordance with reason, with nature, with our Creator, we will have played our part. But if we stand together in a common effort to expose the insanity and turn the tide, who can say what we may yet accomplish? Who can say what allies we may have in this fight that we are not yet even aware of? But whatever the case, doing what's right, because it's right, will always be right. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on what you can do to help move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard while well, it can still make a difference. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigginton with geoengineeringwatch.org.